Hey guys, Veronica here. Just a note to our listeners, since the recording of this episode, James William Lewis, who we will be discussing, has passed away. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Criminal Gines, a comedic true crime watch-along podcast where we watch Criminal Minds and discuss the true crime that can be linked, however indirectly, to the episode. We're your hosts, Stacey Johnson and Veronica Shea, and this week we're joined by a re- <laughs> Veronica. Oh, oh damn! Not only she fucked up already. Have we worked together for years? I named this podcast, <laughs> and you have the audacity, the gall. And we're joined by Aviv Rubenstein in discussing season one, episode 13, Poison. That girl is poison. Copyright. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get this episode taken down. <laughs> That's yeah, fair. Stop. Your face will do it. My face is copyrighted. <laughs> no, it'll just get so many complaints. It'll be taken down. Yeah. Been there, done that. Okay. How are you this week, Veronica? I am <laughs> totally depressed. <laughs> You're Boy, totally depressed? You. Totally depressed. You're totally depressed? What? I'm totally depressed. Totally depressed. Totally depressed. That's that's it. It like turned a real bad corner for me. Uh, should we explain to the audience why this is happening? Sure. To us? Uh, hi everyone. I'm I'm Aviv. I'm in a band. We're called Jacob the Horse, and we just released a single called Totally Depressed. Veronica's wearing a shirt from our band, and a shirt that Stacy facilitated. So this is a real family affair. And I think by the time this episode airs, we will be on to our next single. We're doing a single every two months for the next year and a half. <gasps> Oh, nice. What's uh, it going to be called? It's called Keystone State. You guys should check out Jacob the Horse. I am actually a fan of theirs, which is upsetting to me. I was just saying I wish they were worse <laughs> so that I could hate on Aviv, but that's pretty good. So, listeners, if you're wondering about how good our band is, everyone uses the word actually when they talk about us. That's like the the, the quality levels. Like, actually... They're, <laughs> they're actually pretty, pretty good. good. But, no, but they... not, not just good full stop. That's good, actually. Yeah, no, they're a bop. I quite enjoy them. Hell yeah, dude. So we are here to talk about episode 13, Poison. Stacy has been promising us that she's going to do the episode intro or the episode recap. recap. Ooh. Uh, I can do it. I can do it. I, I, just, I just get nervous. I like to provide commentary, <laughs> and I don't like tasks. So I <laughs> I host a show about Law & Order SVU called Law & Order Special Viewing Unit. It is actually good. It is actually okay. <laughs> Except for a new eating segment. Oh, you don't like, you don't don't like Snacker Whack? I don't like Snacker Whack. Okay. I think that is so funny. Yes. I am a big fan of Snacker Whack, so let's 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 take it let's take a step back. As a part of the SVU podcast, I have to do a ninety second recap of every episode before we start, and I am horrible at it. No, that makes me feel people, better. Like I'm it. not alone in but, that. But our newest segment on SVU is called Snack or Whack, and it's where I turn my camera off and eat a snack into the microphone, and my co-host has to guess, and he hates it. He hates mouth sounds. It's gross. He hates everything about it. However, he is like the fucking LeBron James of guessing, and he is going fucking lights out. He's gotten six in a row. Dang. 
and, and and he is so competitive. He's like such a stubborn, competitive person uh-huh. that he loves getting it right, but uh-huh. hates that that means that he has to keep doing it. The segment has worked out better than I could have ever planned because it's just him torturing himself at this point. So we should do gross. a preview on this one. Yeah. Do we want to do we want to just do a snacker whack real quick? No. Yes. Hang on. All right. Everyone close your eyes. I'm going to go find a snack. Okay. My eyes are closed. I'm actually quite excited about this. And Veronica's going to hate me for it later. (laughs) She hates me for it now. I hate mouth sounds. (laughs) I am so excited. Everyone's ready for snack or whack. So here's the deal. I'm going to eat a snack into the microphone. Okay. And Veronica and Stacy, their eyes are closed. I'm in the same room as them. And each of them is going to get one guess as to what snack I'm eating. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Ooh. I'm taking another bite. I have my guess. Who gets to guess first? Stacy, because I know it's in my cabinets. Oh, she he got it from a cabinet. Okay. Or what if I didn't? I'm going to guess an elote flavored Cheeto. Oh. Veronica, what's your guess? Almond. Little thing of almonds. Dang. Yep. Four, 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 four. Yeah. Wow, she is good at this. Veronica gets the point. Snack or whack, baby. All manner of those types of shenanigans on our SVU podcast. Give it a listen. It's Give it a good. Listen. It's actually good. It's actually good. Okay. What's this? What, what are we doing? <laughs> we got to do a recap. Veronica's We're going to recap, gonna recap. Uh, episode 13. I thought Stacey was going to do a recap. So we open on a father-son driving home after a movie, and the dad swerves to hit a deer that's not there. He freaks out and beats his kid to death. Then <laughs> he's in custody at a, a psych ward being interrogated. He doesn't have any memory of hurting his kid. He's been found to have ingested LSD. Six other patients have also been spiked. So we have now seven people. People poisoned with LSD. No one remembers how they got dosed because they can't remember the full days. We find out later that the LSD has also been laced with rohypnol. They're not going to issue a press release because they don't know how it's happening and they don't want to cause panic. That works super well. It works out really well for them. Important. We find out there are four kinds of poisoners who target large groups. The true believer who's a political terrorist or religious cult. We see this with people like Jim Jones. The extortionist, who holds a business hostage in exchange for money. The prankster, who's a young offender and doesn't really mean any harm. And the avenger, which is a personal vendetta who chooses poison as their weapon. All of these, except the prankster, will test their poison on a smaller group before planning their bigger attack. So they find that there's a coffee shop link to everyone and a high school kid works there who hasn't come to work, hasn't gone to school. They can't track him down, but they track his girlfriend down who's been like maybe raped but like maybe not because she was also roofied and has LSD and he was like if I was going to rape my girlfriend why would I dose her with LSD it doesn't get you hot and they're like mm, he has a point plain and simple but then that means he raped her as in like banking error in your favor and he's just like oh my girlfriend's passed out what do I do I, right? right 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 or he has experience with LSD before yes well, he said he did. Yeah. He said that oh. he had taken oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's so good right. job, Stacey. The news runs the story about people being poisoned at a restaurant, but does not name the restaurant, which causes mass panic, which inundates the hospitals with a bunch of people who may or may not have been poisoned. But definitely one person was poisoned because a woman can barely breathe and is suffering from high dosages of botulinum. Oh, yeah. And she keeps whispering the end. 
That was really good. It was good. really good. I was, I, we were both were like, wait, what? Ellen Morgan realized the coffee shop is a coincidence. They check out security footage from a bank and realize every single victim has been at the bank and they think it's the candy. They're like, oh, someone dosed the candy. Cool. Spoiler, it's not the candy. The end. The end. It's the envelopes. The envelopes. Meanwhile, at a pharmaceutical company, all of the CEOs are going on a retreat. The BAU finds a potential unsub and his location. They're able to bring him in, and Hotch is concerned about this fact because the profile says that he would kill people and then take his own life. They don't give themselves up to law enforcement. So he tells them that he spiked the punch at the like company party and they're able to get there in time and some people are kind of sick, but they're like, Hotch, this doesn't make any sense. These are all lower level employees. Like, why would he be targeting these people? And he's not because of the envelopes. The end. (laughs) So he's actually targeting the CEO people out at Disney Ranch is where they're filming. (laughs) (laughs) So they're taking their yearly retreat to Disney Ranch and they're using envelopes. Not a woman in sight, I would like to say. Not a woman in sight. But they're able to get to them in time. Wait, so I have... I mean, we're going to talk about the the episode, the rest of the episode. We're going to talk about the episode a bit, right? So I should, I should. Yeah, hold, we can. Yeah, I should hold two my. Se- I'm like, like two seconds. Away. I know. I just she got so like, excited about this dumb game that they're playing. At the oh, it's so retreat. stupid. And then uh, during this conversation, when Reed is realizing that it's the envelopes and that it's the C suite out in the woods, the poisoner kills himself with a cyanide pill, and there we go. Things end happily, sort of. Okay. We're so ready. Hit us with it. Can, can we? Can we? Can we talk about each plot point individually, real quick? This guy is definitely raping his son, right? Oh. This might be the SVU talking, but like he's like a groomer. What? Okay, he's like, hey kid, I know your mom divorced me, but I'll give you scary movies and candy, and like take you down this fucking route from my bachelor pad <laughs> yeah. in New Jersey yeah. to the fucking multiplex that's like the Ichabod Crane fucking road. <laughs> yeah. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah, you're not wrong. I think my favorite is when he gets out to change a tire in the middle of the night with no lights. Like, call AAA. What are you doing? Why is your son handing you a tire iron? Like, what is going on? I mean, you know, dad core. Like, I need to show masculine. My, I've been cucked by my wife and the investment banker next door. And so I need to <laughs> I show don't my like son. kink shamers. There should be no kink shaming. Well, he's kink shaming himself. If he just liked getting cuckolded, the, he and his wife would still be together. So it's like, I blame him for yucking his own yum. Oh, that's fair. Good point. Uh, and so he's like, I got to perform masculinity for my son right. by taking him to a scary movie, giving him a bunch of candy, and then also beating him to death. And then beating him to death. And then but I think, does he make it? The show is completely unconcerned with this kid's Yeah, the kid is not the issue. We moved past it pretty quickly in this one. And then, this is my first episode of Criminal Minds ever. You are not the first guest to say that. What what was her name? Emma. Emma Emma hadn't seen it. I think Parnell hasn't seen it. it. Alex Alex hadn't seen it. Does it it always start with Mandy Patinkin doing like, Roman philosopher Lucretius wrote, he who hath smelt it, dealt it. Yes, there's always an opening and closing quote. But it's not always Gideon who reads it. Yeah, but there is always an opening and a closing Is there closing always quote. a closing Wilco song? <laughs> no, just this one. They knew it was yours yeah, episode, right. so it's just this one. Okay, so you said true believer, extortionist, prankster, anti- uh, revenger, mm-hmm. right? But it seems like 
only one character is familiar with one of the profiles, right? They yeah. like go around the room and be like, well, I know about this one. Yeah. Don't you all have the same job? That's my favorite thing is when they explain things, especially when L and I don't know why it's L that bothers me because obviously they're doing it to explain it to the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But when she, because she's like barely on the team, she's like barely breathing as an FBI agent and she's telling Gideon and Hotch their jobs and I'm like, bitch, they run this shit. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, they know. They know. Why are you saying this? They know. But Matthew Gray Goobler does the same thing where he's like, you know, maybe I'll check the blood reports. Like, motherfucker, isn't that your job to do that right but he's the smartest one so he can check the blood reports because he would know what he's reading but like why are you just discovering like huh what if i do this my job (laughs) they also have to explain to everyone what rohypnol was yeah also known as roofies you definitely do not have to explain to greg from dharma and greg what a roofie is (laughs) oh awkward i hate l i hate her so much wow you're setting women back decades i love garcia jj's fine prentice is gonna come steal everyone's hearts and minds yeah i love i'm i'm sad that i did not get a uh apprentice episode episode. i do love well if this goes well today you can come back it's not going well (laughs) it's already going veronica's already done (laughs) well it depends on if he's nice to Stacy or not which I never am so no you really aren't so he can come back that's fine at least not in front of Veronica that's all that matters I don't care so the big this is the thing that I couldn't control myself over when you were doing your recap but like the big thing is the killer is gonna enact revenge Mm -hmm. on the company that fucked around with his wife right yeah and he like just wanted to show them that he could do something beautiful you know whatever it is so he's gonna poison the retreat Mm mm-hmm at their game they're gonna do games yeah and it's like what the fuck kind of games involve like ingesting a top are they playing suck and blow (laughs) and it turns out that they're doing pharmaceuticals survivor well they're taking it's like a um taking a poll they're voting they're voting yeah who's i thought they were like voting someone off that was my like (laughs) and they're like everyone knows bob cheated last year so we gotta lick these envelopes now and bob's like what he's like shut the fuck up and lick lick the envelope bob lick the envelope bob Bob is such a cheater and then confucius said uh if you're gonna do revenge dig two graves wilco wilco holy shit this episode's nuts. It I know. Bonkers. It's really crazy. Are, can we talk about the true crime now of Eve, now that we've all eaten things? Shamar and- <gasps> Oh, you know what we actually do need is, uh, yeah, okay, we have to talk about Shamar Moore. We also have to t- have Kristen come talk to us about mass, mass hysteria. hysteria. Joining us all the way from the other side of the couch. Kristen, you're here to talk to us about mass hysteria. I sure am. What is it? Why is it a thing? Why are we interested in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so first, uh, we have to start with actually the term hysteria. So some of you might already know this, but hysteria is derived from... You know this? I do. Okay, would you like to... No, I just gave you a thumbs up. Oh, thank you. Okay. Let a man explain. (laughs) Stop being so, so hysterical. Exactly. So hysteria is derived from the Greek term hystera, and hystera means uterus. So hysteria and... Like hysterectomy. Yes, and being hysterical used to only be a attributed to women so for oh, obvious is this when they used to dildo us in the office probably probably yes. yes yeah it was a vibrator the first vibrators were invented supposedly yeah because doctors hands were getting tired there's men. a really oh my good God. play about it called the vibrator play it's literally called the vibrator that rules. play damn it's and fantastic. they did a they did a movie with maggie gyllenhaal mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Anyways, keep going. Secretary was not about that. (laughs) The Dark Knight was not about that. (laughs) So the word hysteria was retired in 1952 from psychology in general. So now mass hysteria is supposed to be called mass psychogenic illness. So mass hysteria should not be the term. It's mass psychogenic illness. So psychogenic, just in case you guys don't know, it means originating in the mind. So attributed to psychological or emotional factors. Okay, so what is mass psychogenic illness? So it has to involve two or more people and they have to have symptoms. These symptoms can be psychological or physiological. So high anxiety would be like a psychological symptom, but there's also cases of rashes, dizziness, headaches, uh, motor issues, so movement issues. These symptoms are usually transient and benign. They usually have a rapid onset and recovery. An important part about mass psychogenic illness is that these people share a belief about what caused the symptoms. These symptoms are spread through sight, sound, or oral communications, and the symptoms have no plausible organic basis. So these symptoms did not are not due to a virus or a contagion. Any questions so far? No. I kind of <laughs> checked out. I've been looking at the cat sleep. Uh, so. <laughs> I love the scientific corner because you guys are just so interested. I, I am extremely science. interested. I'm just trying not to ask too many questions. No, you can. Please do. That's no, the point. We got to get through it. So, Veronica will kill you. So in this episode, the mass psychogenic illness illness mm-hmm. is because a news report has said that one of our favorite local restaurants in Beechwood, New Jersey may be serving poison food. <laughs> yeah, there's been a poison at a local favorite restaurant, mm-hmm. but we're not going to tell you the restaurant or the funsies. symptoms, right? They don't or really, the they don't the really tell them the symptoms, Okay, which mm-hmm. is how eventually the cops like figure out who's faking it and who's not. Yeah. Oh, because mm-hmm. they're like, what symptoms do you have? And if the symptoms match the actual symptoms and they know they've been poisoned? Well, because one woman can't breathe and is on a machine and they test her and she's suffering from botulinum poisoning. Okay. So it was pretty obvious, I, I think. Okay. But they were inundated. It's in your head. This botulism's in your head. <laughs> <laughs> and the blood. But there were people coming in with like headaches to nausea to vomiting to all the things boils yeah all the okay things. Ooh, boils yeah so how big can a can one of these delusions get you said like headaches and motor issues but and rashes but yeah. like is there a situation where people have died yeah died or you know so paralyzed or <laughs> mass psychogenic illness started in the middle century or at least was reported first in the middle ages in europe and they were called dancing manias and it was reported that in these dancing manias people laughed or cried themselves to the point of death but this was you know written history in the 1300s so we don't know how accurate that is but that's probably the most intense one that i know of is yeah and what's crazy about these this mass psychogenic illness is that it lasted for hundreds of years it wasn't like a one or two time deal like it is reported throughout history for hundreds of years of people thinking that they were possessed by demons and they were making them do weird shit so they were dancing for weeks at a time they would get naked they would howl they would curse they would lay on the ground and people would step on them <laughs> I, I don't know why but kink <laughs> yeah right kink is, shaming yeah. here but yeah so it's, it started there and that's probably the most severe instance I heard was the death of people laughing and crying themselves to death during the after weeks of not eating or drinking water correct yeah okay. just dancing in circles with dancing each other to death. correct then in Italy there was in the 15th century there was cases of what they, they're calling tarantism so essentially people were doing the same things they were engaging these weird behaviors 
behaviors, howling, stripping, dancing, and they attributed it to the bites of tarantulas. Is that where we get the dance from? The tarantella? Probably. What's the tarantella dance? It's a dance. What does it Can look you like? do it? Show yeah. me. I'm just going to turn off my camera real quick. No. Re- I don't know how to do the tarantella. I just know that it is a dance. I bet that is where it's from. I'm going to look it up. Crazy. Yeah. So that was the dancing manias and then tarantism. And then we had our witch trials, which is another example of psychogenic illness. And then that kind of, I don't want to say leads us into present day mass psychogenic, but it sort of does. There's one in Singapore in the 1960s. <laughs> so a bunch of men. Why became- did you laugh? I know. She like, she's like, oh, strap in for yeah. this shit. So, yeah, ready? So a bunch of men became convinced that eating pork taken from these vaccinated pigs was gonna make their penis shrink or disappear or possibly die. We're anti-vax on this show. <laughs> for numerous reasons. This is why the Jews don't eat pork. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so penis shrinkage. so big. <laughs> God. Historically well known. No, well yeah. documented. No diet cock here. No, it was a whole thing. It's called the penis panic. The penis panic. Yes. And the government had to create this whole educational system to convince the male population that, I mean, what they were saying was untrue, that the pork was not going to make their... Shrink their dicks? Correct, or make it disappear or kill them. Oh, man. Yeah. This is am- but, okay, but here's the thing, is there had to be at least one guy with a micro penis to like, be like, look what happened. You don't understand. You don't fucking understand. This is what happened. It was the pork. Yes. It was the pork. Exactly. He, he got married. They waited till their wedding day. Oh, no. She saw the thing. Oh, no. And he was like, Honey, it wasn't like this before. I swear to God. I swear it was the pork. I was, <laughs> sla- I was slanging it before. <laughs> and then I don't know I had a bacon egg and cheese yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was our wedding day pork Stop. yeah I know I should have looked up the origin of that now I need to know the story who started that shit <laughs> patient <laughs> zero exactly dick zero how embarrassing for them yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the word gets back to them like years later it's just like um it turns out that it's just your dick yeah correct oh so how embarrassing can I ask about these like middle ages and witch trial psychogenic illnesses because I'm wondering if it has anything to do with because we deal with botulism in this episode and also like hallucinogenic drugs and i'm mm-hmm. wondering if there's like any kind of thing that they could have ingested that was like rotting or or whatever that mm. that could have created these like hundreds of years long dancing things <laughs> yeah it's pretty unlikely that that would be the case really? and if it was something that they, well hundreds of people having the same shared belief that a spirit was in you know in inhabiting you to make you dance in this way due to the botulism that you consumed they i feel like they would have different beliefs you know it wouldn't be the same i think it's just religious because like look at salem but also if you look at like uh, southern baptist where like like, people are talking in tongues and people are all like that's gotta be a form of that for sure it yeah it is mass psychogenic illness it's just people who don't want to not be a part of the crowd You know, they're like, oh, is that why you that would be Stacy? Yeah, I was gonna say, is that why you were dancing in Nordstrom's yesterday? (laughs) I was, but nobody else joined her, so we were nobody else, an illness of one. If we all got botulinum poisoning, Stacy'd be like, oh, me too, oh, me too, I don't feel (laughs) good, include me. (laughs) I just want friends. 
Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> so before, like we're talking about in the Middle Ages and, you know, olden days, it really had a lot to do with spirits and um, just they weren't able to explain things in certain ways. You know, they didn't have the science to say why these witchy things were happening. But nowadays, a lot of it is happening due, well, the theory is due to the rise of social media. So the mm. most recent, well, there was a 9-11 one, which was interesting. So there were children in elementary school and right around the time of 9-11 when they'd go to school they'd get this rash are you and telling me that 9-11 was all it. in our heads you no it. <laughs> Kristen, you were gonna pass for me but now you might i'm be a not fail. saying that <laughs> what i'm saying is children got a rash at school and when they came home they didn't have a rash and um, they were attributing that to the trauma around 9-11 and then when the kids went to school they'd relive that trauma and they'd get this rash so that was an instance of um a, a more recent because yeah, the, they found out about 9-11 in school Correct. and then going back to school is like re-triggering yes that. yes yeah. stress can manifest okay. itself in your body weeks later right really so, interesting there were definitely people like with ptsd from like watching the footage of that of the planes hitting the towers yes over and over and over again. they talk about there's some forms of ptsd that are an example of mass psychogenic illness same with shell shock they talk about that as being a mass psychogenic illness which i thought was kind of interesting but there's also more recent cases it, it was in new york and there was this group of girls and they had watched another girl a popular girl on youtube and she's like i have tourette's and then this group of girls in new york also started to get tourette's and doctors could not figure out why and then they realized that it was correlated with this YouTube video. So they are really starting to look at the role that <laughs> media plays. Right. There's and there's quite not a not quite a few, but there's a handful of those kind of stories out there. There was a in Portugal, there was a group of kids who had these symptoms like dizziness, headache, vomiting, stuff mm. like that, and the doctors couldn't figure out why. And then apparently there was a popular TV show where someone had the same instances after eating strawberries. So these kids also start to exhibit these symptoms, but they hadn't they obviously didn't eat the strawberries and get sick it was just due to the to the show it sounds like kids might just be stupid <laughs> impressionable i think is the word yeah. that we're, we're gonna use impressionably sure. stupid impressionably stupid. impressively stupid so we talked about it a little bit but why does this happen why are people more likely to experience psychogenic illnesses than others and there's not like a great answer but there are some science that suggests that trauma is a reason so 9-11 mm. like we talked about low socioeconomic status so the dancing epidemic of the Middle Ages. They were mostly low socioeconomic individuals. Exposure to violence is another one. High anxiety is another factor that can contribute to this. There was another thing I didn't talk about. Sorry, just another weird nunneries. It was very popular in nunneries from the 15th to the 19th century, but they would exhibit like crude behaviors and they would swear Fuck and they yeah. would do these kind of sexual things. And there was a whole nunnery where they would just meow <laughs> randomly. They would meow? Yeah. Right. You're going to go be a meow nun? Yes. I could probably do that now when women live together and sync up is that mass hysteria literally literally <laughs> mass hysteria well oh, no because of hysterectomies Ay. boom baby see i listen <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's attributed to a physiological reason, so that would be an organic reason, if it has something to do with your cycle, with your period, then it's not psychogenic illness. It's not due to emotions or a psychological reason. But, but if it has something to do with your period, then that's an actual illness. So like, would you call something like QAnon a mass psychogenic illness? 
<laughs> I mean, if they're exhibiting, what are they exhibiting? Well, Stupidity. paranoia. Yes. Right. Yeah. That is a sign of a mass psychogenic illness, paranoia, high anxiety. Yeah. And some of them are, let's take it at face value and say that they're not pretending, but exhibiting signs of like tremors from the COVID vaccine, right? Yes. They're like oh, people who are posting shit. videos online of like, I got the vaccine and now yes. I can't stand up. And yeah. it's always like a middle class white woman. Yes. So motor movements is a common symptom of mass psychogenic illness so like the dances or just like weird twitches or the people who thought they had Tourette's so yeah tremors stuff like that that is wild Uh, something else women are far more likely to experience mass psychogenic illnesses than men hell yeah brother stay strong (laughs) red pilled well the theory around that of eve is since stress is another factor they say that women are more likely to be exposed to more stressful situations why oh i don't know probably because we're being hunted and raped by by (laughs) half the population that could be it (laughs) you know i'm not gonna say vigilant i'm not gonna say you're being a crazy woman for that one (laughs) you're unhinged in the in the episode it seems like this one this mass psychogenic illness comes on after like an hour like the news report happens and then maybe even less time yeah there's like the phones are lighting up at the hospital people think they have it so how quickly quick can this spread very quick it's one of the like i don't know bullet points of mass psychogenic illness that the onset is quick but the recovery is also quick yeah Mm. yeah like they did this in house there was a house episode with mass hysteria and they were on a plane oh with like food poisoning or something the guy who was actually sick had what's it called when you come up too fast from scuba diving the bends he had the bends but it also presents with very similar symptoms to meningitis oh right i do remember i did watch a lot of house yeah and so then he got on and said that all of these symptoms plus this other one which has nothing to do with it and everyone who started experiencing that and he was like okay none of you have it this isn't fucking meningitis right not lupus. Crazy. It's yeah. definitely lupus. It's not lupus. So the, one of the hard parts about mass psychogenic illness, it's usually diagnosed in retrospect because people are looking at meningitis. They're looking at terrorism, for example. Like if someone thinks they smell a weird smell and they're like, I'm starting to feel sick and everyone else starts to feel sick, they treat it as if there is a contagion or poison or food poisoning within the environment. And it's not till much later where they're able to go back and say, we cannot point to any organic factor that caused this. Mm-hmm. So it was a mass psychogenic illness, but it's hard to go back and do those things and it is basically a diagnosis of exclusion which is not good enough they have excluded everything else so they say mass psychogenic illness but there's not a lot they can point to to say you know is this thing that made it mass psychogenic illness like it's difficult to do that okay great um (laughs) okay what's interesting is like that made me think of those people who like lie so much about something that they believe they start to believe yeah they believe it yeah it's just it that kind of is in the same lines for me for this interesting yeah all right all right well who wants to grade her first it's a pass fail oh i was gonna say a plus Hey! Yeah, thanks. I, this was a pass, pass. Like you got a double pass for me. This was very interesting, very good. I was into it. Good job. Veronica? I thought that she was nope. grading the episode. I, why are we grading her? <laughs> no, it's peer review, and we grade her. We peer Correct. review. Her. Pe- oh, you are yeah. peer reviewing me. Kristen's great. She's my favorite of the three of us. you <laughs> <laughs> Well, she got my name wrong. <laughs> yeah, what did you? you? I don't know. I've been a goddamn saint to every single person in this fucking so room. Goddamn nice to so Goddamn nice to people. I just want Yeah, friends. but we can all tell it's fake. It's not fake. <laughs> Wait, what did you call Aviv? What'd she call you? A- 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 
<laughs> a re-woobenstein. Woobenstein. Veronica, pass fail. Yeah, I'll pass you. There was a lot less sacks in this one. So. Sacks? That's what I said. I gave her a clue. I gave her a tip. I was like, don't say the word sack so many times. You said okay. sack like 20 times. We were, talking, thought, were all really gross. I thought she it. was referring to <laughs> noted psychologist Oliver Sacks. I don't know Is that, that person. Is that an actual psychologist? Yeah. Or are you just fucking with me no, again? No, real, real thing. You can say anything and I would believe you and it's frustrating. And that's why you're my least favorite. <laughs> Okay, you're sending me oh a my god! Okay, uh, thank you, Kristen. Do you want to stick around to rate Shamar more? Can I do that? Gimme, gimme more. That voice, the voice of this segment is just really delightful. Can you bring us in? Yeah. So now it's time for Gimme, Gimme More. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's true, everyone. I am the voice of the Gimme, Gimme More segment. Okay. This is our Shamar. Oh, so it's just this still, like just off of this. This well, is him in the you episode. Didn't watch the episode. Correct. You've never watched the episode. You've never watched. Listen. The so episode. for me, it's just the still. Yeah. So for okay, you, it's okay. the still. Okay. And Can I hear everybody else first before? Yeah. I, okay. It's one through five helpings. Okay. Because we understand he's a ten at all times, so he has his own scale, and it's food related. Give me, give me seconds. I'm. <laughs> gonna give him a four. Oh, it's serving broody realness it's serving i can protect you but also be sensitive it's mm-hmm. i want to climb it like a tree mm-hmm. sure so Absolutely. i'm gonna give it a four was he nice in this episode though he was barely yeah. in this episode he was barely in it he was yeah. not no he was only a dick in the dc sniper episode okay, okay don't okay, know okay. what was going on okay there. <laughs> hole in that one. okay Okay, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a five. Ooh. Wow! Yeah, I I'm was close to this maxing one. out the scale. Yeah, max. I maxed out the scale the last like couple episodes on him because we're <laughs> just nice. We're just in an, nice. <laughs> we're in the suit. It's unbuttoned Ooh, at the yeah, top, like the Oof. unbuttoned. The look that he is giving in this is like concerned for you and like how you're doing. And yet again, I could fuck somebody up if they touch. Yeah, I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give him a five on this one. Okay. I also have to go for mm-hmm. specifically because okay, so the picture you can almost smell the cocoa butter that is still <laughs> on his chest underneath yeah, the shirt. But also, I have to give him a four because he's barely in this episode, and the segment is about how much more do you want, and I want a lot more because I didn't get nearly enough. Yeah, correct. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. His relationship with Garcia is very weird. Yeah, but it, it gets, gets way cuter. Oh, I, mean, I know yeah, it, it gets, gets cuter. cuter because spoiler alert for previous episodes friend of the show Jim McDevitt and I used to live together and he would watch Criminal Minds a lot and I saw like later seasons of like they go on like a date or something oh, no they just hang out they don't oh I was like okay. they get romantically involved they, no, they oh, okay. no. isn't there like he, some kind he, of something oh he, he stays no, he over stay at, her house at her house for a little bit when for she's protection yeah. oh sure that's not romantic at all doesn't he like sleep on the couch or something like that yeah. yeah but that's the yeah. one where we get baby oil Shamar Oof. oh we need, to, we need a scale for him for that. Jim's coming back for that one. Hell Jim's yeah. Jim's coming back for baby oil. <laughs> sure. God, I love Jim. I love Jim too. He's great. All right, Chris. I'm going with five. I like the black on black and the unbuttoned shirt underneath. It's African American. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking race. Black on African American. <laughs> oh <my God>. Stupid <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I'm so happy I stayed for this segment. I am glad he's out of purple. We have not seen purple in a minute. We didn't like him in purple? He was in purple for the first four for like, episodes. For <laughs> he just looked so like the Joker. It was just like <laughs> the Joker. But I think that that's also like the style of the early 2000s is like we did a lot of like jewel tones for mm, some reason. Dear. But also a lot Teal, of black turquoise. 
people would be put in purple. Like if you look, that was like, oh, you have a black person, put them in purple. Yeah, like, or like why? the dark maroon or something. Yeah, mm. as Jay calls it, Steve Harvey colors. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Like, the original what? Kings of Comedy yeah. colors. Right. Okay, great. Thanks for well, having thanks, me. Thanks, Kristen. No thanks problem. No way. All right. Well, let's jump in to our case. We're going to talk about the Tylenol killer, which was a poisoning case in Chicago in the 80s and can kind of be linked to this one. So I got a lot of info of this from the usual sources. Plus, I want to give a shout out to the amazing You're Wrong About podcast, which deals with a lot of like moral panics. And so the Tylenol murders, the Chicago Tylenol murders, were poisoning deaths because someone was tampering with bottles of Tylenol in the drugstores. And so a bunch of people got sick. Specifically, the first victim was a 12-year-old named Mary Kellerman, and she was hospitalized because she had some extra strength Tylenol and then died the next day. And uh, six other people who were like all part of the same family, the Janices, also died, and then a handful of other folks. But a nurse named Helen Jensen was asked to investigate the deaths of this family, the Janices, because a 27-year-old, 25-year-old, 20-year-old all took Tylenol from a single bottle and they all the Janices and three other people would die from their consumption of Tylenol and so this is like very uh, just a really bizarre case right yeah a, yeah. a poisoning mm-hmm. of like three relatively healthy 20 somethings mm-hmm. and so this nurse named Helen Jensen was asked to like investigate and she visited the Janice household and saw that there was a Tylenol bottle with a receipt next to it basically like it had just been purchased mm-hmm. and there were just six pills missing this is like some fucking Zodiac shit that she's just like like, I'm gonna count the number of pills in this bottle to see what happened and so this was like kind of the tip of the spear in figuring out that Tylenol was what contributed to these deaths and it turns out that they had been laced with potassium cyanide Mm -hmm. which smells like almonds so snack away so um, they also noted that there was a smell of almonds in the bottle or or Mm -hmm. somewhere on, on the premises and so they figured it all out put it together but that was only the beginning of what they had to put together because they had to be like who the fuck what how the fuck did this happen right they first started at the factory right sure. they thought yeah, that, yeah, yeah. they thought that it was a problem at the factory but these different bottles had come from two different factories one i think in virginia and one in pennsylvania mm-hmm. pennsylvania and texas oh pennsylvania and texas so extremely far apart yeah and so they're like well it has to have been from like the store yeah right so so it's someone in the chicagoland area and there were a bunch of different agencies involved including the fbi yeah and they figured out the pills were from a Jewel Foods in Arlington Heights in Illinois and an Osco drugstore and a Walgreens all in Chicago. And Johnson Johnson had like a huge, they produced Tylenol. They had like a huge PR problem on their hands. Yeah. And so they did it like this massive recall, which cost them over $100 million in 1982 money, which is like $300 million today. Yeah. And they did it nationwide because there was this mass panic. I don't know of a ton of cases of the like, mass psychosomatic like I'm sure people were kind of checking themselves into hospitals oh yeah no that was yeah that was her peer reviews come from the episode yeah yeah I know I know I'm saying but but like yeah I don't think there was that I mean the mass panic was people just stopped they freaked out purchasing Tylenol and like I was born in 88 and I remember people still talk people were still not really trusting Tylenol in the 90s yeah like it was still a thing of and like 
how you should be careful with certain kind of drugs because of the yeah it was like right like check the bottle check the bottle check, and so yeah. this, this gave us a lot of safety protections in drugs which we, we kind of needed anyway yeah so yeah. the tamper proof seal in pill bottles are because of this because people were really freaked out mm-hmm. so this is a safety measure put it's in. also why you don't have capsules a lot you have the gel capsules and you have tablets more than yeah, actual ca- actual capsules capsules mm-hmm. with powder in it um, which is what the Tylenol was because those are the easiest things to take apart forge right back yeah, together, right. yeah. Um, yeah there are people on tiktok that like it's like one of those asmr things that they oh, make shoot. pills you can yeah. like watch them make pills i'm like what's it fucking what? knows? yeah but fbi criminal analyst john douglas he's my man he's your guy and this isn't the show like yes very john douglas it's very john douglas yeah um so he had trying to get him on if anyone knows <laughs> he was he yeah, tried messages. to flush out the killer Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he did this. Th- this is like super fucking cool movie thing. Yeah. Yeah. We see this a lot in a lot of shows and movies. So with the family's consent, he posted the address of the 12 year old's grave, Mary Kellerman's grave. And like in the newspaper, it. in the newspaper, there was an article oh, written I about the girl it. with her photo, like a whole little girl yeah. gone too young. Tylenol killer yeah. has struck Ugh, with her stunning. grave site address on it. Absolutely trying, stunning. trying to flush it. So they monitored this 24 hour video surveillance for months and the killer never visited yeah but like how fucking cool is that that's yeah. that, well so and cool. this is like a trope now in a lot of shows and movies but it actually does work in a lot of times especially when they're like sexually motivated killers will go to grave sites to either relive it or to show remorse yeah but this guy because it was whoever i can see why it wouldn't work he doesn't mm. have a connection to to his victims it's he, just i'm wondering if the thinking was oh well mary kellerman was on purpose and everyone else is like to throw them off the scent oh uh, maybe a la this episode right yeah but yeah it didn't work and during the initial investigation this dude named james william lewis was accused of sending letters to oh, johnson yeah. and johnson asking for a million dollars to stop the cyanide murders and then when he was arrested he was like listen i like might know the guy but like i'm not the guy yeah and but he call- was like i was the guy who wrote the letters but right. i wrote it because i know the guy and yeah. the guy right. told me to write the letters or maybe he didn't but i wanted to capitalize it's like his story changes a little bit but he definitely he always denied being responsible for the poisonings he said he worked on the letters for three days which is like okay man which puts his timeline before it was publicized mm-hmm. yes so this is why they think that he is the guy yeah the, well and they he keep flopping back and forth he was also like let me tell you how i would have done it if i did do <laughs> the it. real oj of it all and <laughs> I know, right? It included drawings and diagrams of how to use a pegboard to like Make. put the capsules in to, yeah. And, which like, you can learn sh- on TikTok now. Which you can yeah. learn on TikTok. And also because he had a poisoning book mm-hmm. and his fingerprints were found on the pages addressing cyanide. Yes. So he had obviously at least opened it mm-hmm. to that section. It doesn't look good for James. <laughs> no, it doesn't. all James. And so during his trial, he claimed that, or his attorneys claimed that he was like sending it to like help the police and he wanted to focus the authorities on his 
wife because his wife used to work for Johnson and Johnson, which mm. is like where we get the killer in this episode, like trying to call attention to the exploitation of his own wife and like pension shit and whatever. Right. Um, but he was convicted and sentenced to 10 years in prison. And then in 2007, they did like a forensic analysis of the postmark of his letter saying like it probably the timeline was probably accurate and he would have begun working on the letter before the first news report. And then they were like, hey, James, like, what up with that? You're the guy. And he said it couldn't have been him. And they tested his DNA and it wasn't him or the DNA. Let's say the DNA samples didn't match any DNA recovered from the bottle. Yeah. So he still denies it. But the FBI is like, mm, it was him. They don't have any other suspects. Yeah. yeah they he think it was got him. major trouble and went to jail for extortion. Or yeah. Went to prison for extortion because yeah. of it. Right. But. but they've reopened the case. Mm-hmm. 25 years later, they've reopened the case and they exhumed a body to get DNA out of a f- the femur of one of the victims. Mm. And they've gone around to the houses to get like DNA from living almost victims like it's Mm kind of crazy yeah and the fbi did kind of a widespread of potential suspects because in 2011 they requested dna samples from ted kaczynski may he rest yes they did did. because and i was like what the fuck but then you're reading chicago at the time at the time and he had been terrorizing correct for those of you that don't know the name off the top he was the unabomber he was the unabomber yes and we will be doing a unabomber episode i have complicated feelings about the unabomber i think i I have you for unabomber i am coming back for unabomber i mean like he shouldn't kill those people but they did test mk ultra on him so like they did and also if you read the manifesto it's not all the way wrong man makes good points things have happened things have come to be that he warned about yeah but the most pervasive ripple effect from this case from these murders Uh Uh is not the tamper proof bottles of Tylenol Mm -hmm. but this is why we check Halloween candy for some reason yes that is why so poison candy given to trick-or-treaters is like exceedingly rare like disappearingly rare but didn't as children that's I thought we were all getting poisoned hundreds of kids when we were kids we learned that like thousands of kids a year died from this from poisoned when it it turns out that only one candy had ever been poisoned up until that point and it was by the kid's parents <gasps> so the, what did that kid do <laughs> he didn't he didn't eat he his vegetables his peas. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the the tylenol incident in 82 raised renewed fears of poisoning candy and so the 80s and 90s resurgence of like razor blades and in apples and whatnot is basically all from this like random spree killing sort of idea that anything that you consume could be poison but can I talk about Captain Kildozer now? Is yeah, now the time? Yeah, now's the time, baby. So now we're taking a left turn. So this episode also reminds me a little bit of one of my favorite crimes ever. Go on. Who's this guy named Captain Kildozer? And there's no Criminal Minds episode about Captain Kildozer, or else I would have been on that one. But Captain Kildozer is a guy named Marvin Hemeyer. Ooh. And he was born the day after my birthday, October 28th, but 1951. And he... You're you're old. No, nah, I'm not. Wasn't born in '51, but he's Scorpio like me. Scorpio season. Hashtag Scorpio. Ew. Ew. <laughs> and he owned a muffler repair shop, right? Ew. In Col- in Granby, Colorado. And in 1992, he purchased two acres of land from uh, like a, a trust corporation to build a muffler shop. Okay. And the land around it was used by a concrete 
plant, like a concrete factory okay. owned by the Dochev family. And the Dochev family wanted to buy this land that he Meyer like kind of bought out from under them to expand their business, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he Meyer bought it and the Dochevs are pissed and they like tried to use the like city council to be like, hey man, like we want this land. And the city council's like, just buy it from like this is America. Use money. Like, what do you want us to do? Use money. And th- so the town planning commission suggested that the Dochev family asked if they could purchase Hemeyer's plot of land because this is like the way that the city was constructed. They would have like had to have moved the cement plant into like a, an area where there are hotels uh-huh. and like the city didn't want that. So it was like the city had a vested interest in Hemeyer selling the land. And so Hemeyer said that he would sell it for $250,000. Okay. Which is more than he paid, like five times what he paid for it. Okay. And then the Dochefs agreed and then Hemeyer changed changed his mind and was like 375 no wait a million and so they couldn't do it however they purchased all of the land around the muffler shop to just like block access to people who wanted to go they wanted to like put them out of business mm-hmm. right so they're mm-hmm. they're doing these all this cement construction around oh encircling his muffler shop and so he Meyer goes on the offensive and tries to block them or like sue them that they have to provide some sort of walkway access road, access road. Yeah. but the town wants he Meyer gone because of the hotels thing and also there's not adequate sewage so the way that they're doing the sewage for this Mm -hmm. for for the muffler shop is that they're putting it in a concrete truck barrel you know like concrete truck like the Mm -hmm. the ones that spin putting all Uh. the sewage there and then burying it um is this Yes. Okay. I know what one we're talking about. I don't know this one and I am I am okay, on pins going. and needles. Go so, on. I was so, like, this sounds very yeah. familiar. Isn't it cool? <laughs> so okay. So he contacts the sewer district to try to get a sewer line. And okay. the sewer district is like, it's gonna cost seventy thousand dollars to go from your location to the main outlet because that's like what you have to pay for. Oh, like the house we're sitting in now, the way that you do the sewage is like you pay to get out to the road. Okay. Right. But we know know that there's no access road to get the sewage line out so it's like much more expensive like prohibitively expensive for right. him to do that. he's like fuck it i'll just use the cement truck so God. it's all completely fucked up eventually the concrete truck barrel filled up and ran over and then he started pumping the sewage with a gasoline pump into an irrigation ditch so it's not oh, great no we're in, we're in 2001 now oh god so all of the stuff all there's like all of the zoning people are like fuck you marvin i hate you then he fe- he I, I i can't i i need i need you to lean in for this one okay went to california and bought a bulldozer at an auction <laughs> okay as you do shipped it to granby colorado apparently kept it outside of his business to try to sell it uh-huh. but no one wanted to buy it and after the bulldozer failed to sell he saw it as a sign from god okay to start his mission he sold his property for four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to the trash company took out a lease for half the building to finish some work Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you buy a house, you can be like, ah, I have to stay for another year or whatever. He built a wall to separate the space. And then he started working on what is now referred to as the kill dozer. The kill dozer. So he made a tank out of this bulldozer okay. and included like a huge wedge lifter and holes that he could stick a gun out of. Oh, my God. And his quote, he wrote this in like a journal. 
It's interesting to observe that I was never caught. Oh my god. This was a part-time project over 18 months. Several men visited the shed late in the previous year and did not notice the modified bulldozer, especially with a 2,000 pound lift fully exposed. Somehow their vision was clouded. Oh my god. So he thought that this was a mission from God and and people just didn't notice the killdozer and so that like fully fully, reinforced. And so on June 4th, 2000 2004, he drove the armored bulldozer through the wall of his former business, the concrete plant, the town hall, the office of the local newspaper that allegedly editorialized against him, the home of the former mayor, the hardware store owned by another man that he was pissed off at, and like a couple other homes, the judge, I think. Oh my God. And he had no intention of leaving that cabin once he entered it. He like had to tip the lid shut and it was like a 5,000 pound lid or something that he could never get out of. And so he installed rifle firing ports inside the bulldozer and he fired 15 bullets but it was all at power transformers and propane tanks so he could blow them up the whole siege lasted a little over two hours a SWAT officer dropped a flashbang down the exhaust pipe and it didn't do anything oh my (laughs) he was just fine they tried to disable the bulldozers cameras didn't work oh my god the governor denies this now but apparently at the time was considering authorizing the National Guard to use Apache attack helicopters and Hellfire missiles oh my god to destroy the bulldozer the killdozer the killdozer but as he destroyed the hardware store the radiator of the bulldozer was damaged and the tr- he threw a tread and so it was like stuck and about one minute later the SWAT team members heard a gunshot and and oh. Hemeyer ended his life in the killdozer and they still couldn't get in they had they finally they had to get, oh, open God. it with uh, an oxyacetylene torch oh. which is like, like one of those ah, this yeah. is insane and yeah. so this episode reminds me a little bit of Captain Killdozer specifically because this guy is like this it's the revenge poisoner but like the revenge bulldozer this okay. guy is like got his mission to okay. enact revenge on the the company that like exploited them. Oh my god. I have a question. Yeah. Where does the poop come in? The poop tank. The why, poop tank? why was the poop tank such a huge part of the plot? Because this was like part of the way that the town was like, according to him, marginalizing him, right? They wouldn't let him do this. They like tried uh, to extort him for the sewer thing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And also like, like, it kind of shows his mental state. I like, mean, yeah, you're shitting in a tank. You're shit. You're, I don't think he's shitting directly into the <laughs> no, cement trunk. he's dropping trout and he's like, what's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Want to see my kill Yeah, so I watched the documentary about this yeah there's a documentary on this it came out in 2019 and there's a russian movie called leviathan which is like a fictionalized account oh my god i need to watch it is so cool but the doc's called tread tread yeah and it's really wild but there's also a movie called killdozer exclamation mark from the 70s yeah so i think that they named him captain killdozer after because of that that uh, okay. so here's he never they, said killdozer because then that would be a different story right. here's what i think we should do should we and the answer is yes okay get matching killdozer tank tattoos <gasps> fuck yeah because I would Can do I that. Can I do one too? You're here. I, ju- well, I didn't know if you were just talking about you and Aviv because you exclude me a lot. I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. I try I'm to. <laughs> this is why she's my least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she always wants to be a part of stuff. I do. I just want. She's her. like herpes. You can't get rid of her. She always pops back up. Um, <laughs> yes. So I have like, in all actuality, like he is a very troubled guy. But like, I have complicated feelings about him, like I do about Ted Kaczynski, where I'm like, Marvin didn't kill anybody, and he did just like bulldoze the houses of the people that fucked him over. Right. Which is funny. I mean, yeah. it's not funny. Like I, mean, I would kind of funny die if my house got bulldozed. I would just like give up on. Yeah, life. but like, who but, have you wronged in that way? Say their names aloud on the podcast. Aloud. Say it aloud. I want to hear say you it with say. Your chest. Stacy Johnson. Stacy Johnson. <laughs> that is but me. the the events of of the Killdozer happened just a year before this episode came out, and I don't I don't think it much influenced this episode Not at all. So but either. it reminded like when a one lone actor is yeah. like it follows the same profile right yeah exactly like, righteously not fighting gonna give himself the... up attack his people and then kill himself exactly now i want to rewatch the documentary years ago because that's when you were saying it i was like this this sounds is familiar. very familiar this is i learned about this in grad school because i took a screenwriting class yeah. about adaptations oh, and one hmm. of the assignments was to do a biopic and we had to do them in pairs and this dude that i was working with was like let me tell you a story <gasps> oh i'm from colorado let me tell, let you, me a story. tell you a story of course it's colorado the only other place i would take place is montana or like oregon like like yes, like and oregon, oregon. It's, yeah the malicious like states florida story too <laughs> but but he would have blown himself up in the tank accidentally before he before he did him. anything and it would have been like a, and there would have been shit everywhere it wouldn't have been a tank it would have been a the fan sh- boat the shit cement truck he's just driving it into people's houses yeah God. like this he would have <laughs> sunk in in the everglades you know, like oh, this would, i would watch a captain fan boat movie what's a captain fan boat like he's like a big fan boat <gasps> with like of the gun turrets in the front oh, he's got two alligators God, that would be amazing <laughs> That's the no, Florida no, he story. has like converted the alligators to have like machine guns on top Hell of their yeah. heads and Hell stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> See you later, alligator. <gasps> this is the greatest thing. Please write it. Yeah, you got it. Can I? I'll have a draft on your desk by Monday. Done. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I feel so enlightened now. Yeah. Crazy, right? That is insane. Also, the Florida thing is interesting because we hear a lot of these things coming out of Florida, not because Florida, Florida is like a little bit of a crazier state than everywhere else, but it's also because of their journalism laws. Because we're oh. people in Florida are allowed to like print more stuff about criminals that's than right. in other states. So that's like there right. are people like that fucking everywhere. everywhere. Wait, what? So yeah. in Florida, you're allowed the privacy laws are different. So the reason that Naturally. we right. So the reason that we hear a lot about Florida man does this, Florida man does that, is not because they're significantly much crazier in Florida. Well, it is, but <laughs> in addition to that, also the press can print more stuff than in other mm-hmm. states. Mm-hmm. They're allowed oh. to print, print more stuff. Do you, okay, so if Florida is our crazy state of the east, mm-hmm. or would it be of the south? south? Southeast. Of the south. Of the south. We'll sure. call it of the, we'll south. the south. Yeah, it's... What are our other crazies? I think our uh, crazy Ohio. state Arizona. of the mid... I was going to say Arizona. Arizona is pretty nice. Arizona I mean, of the nuts. southwest. I hate to say this in this setting. Uh-huh. It's not Nevada. Nevada is pretty crazy. It's not Nevada. We're pretty. We're crazy as a normal, like. We're like normal crazy. You just think we're crazy because we have hookers and meth. Like that's. Why would I I think that that's crazy? (laughs) That's standard. But we're not like. Hookers, meth, guns. We're not like. Well, we legalized hookers in a sense. And uh, excuse me, sex workers. People are going to be mad. Yeah, I was going to say we should say sex workers. I fixed it. I fixed it. Sex workers. Oh, I thought you were talking about people who uh, help you put the worm on your reel for fishing. Yes, that is. Is exactly Hookers. it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a weird question out there. I've been really obsessed with the question lately of would you still love me if I was a worm? 
Yeah, great. Why? Don't no, you? I don't want someone who wants to have sex with yesterday. animals. No, no, no. Would you still love me if I was a worm? Like as your friend? Love and sex are different. Those are two different things. Don't get me started. I know what lo- I know what love feels like, Michael. I've had an erection. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. Would you still love me if I was a worm? Yeah, sure. Cool. Keep you in a little terrarium. You would. Yeah. Aww. I'd feed you. What do worms eat? I don't know. Leaves? Dirt, I think. Dirt? Leaves? Smaller worms? Smaller worms? Whatever worms eat, you would feed them. Oh, yeah, I would. Thank you. I'd like cut up fresh newspaper for you. Thank you. I'm assuming that's what worms. I feel like that that's the case. Did you have to read that book, How to Eat Fried Worms as a Kid? No. That may have been a Pennsylvania thing. There's like a book about so. a kid who like eats worms, like fries them up, eats worms. I think oh. it's about like understanding. I don't know. All right. No. Anyways. Just worm like. gang. Oh, <gasps> no. New tattoos. New tattoos. So idea. we're getting the killdozer with a worm with a driving worm it. Worm driving it. Worm gang. Oh my god, this is the best day ever. <laughs> oh my god, I hate this. I love it. You know the image of like the worm driving the apple car? Yeah. It's like that, but he's driving the killdozer. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I also pictured him like really menace looking with like a war helmet oh, or like, like a, an army like a helmet and like a worm. cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Is that the kind of worm you'd be? Like a Absolutely. really ripped worm? I would be a ripped worm. I would have I'd be smoking I'd be all kinds of stuff I wouldn't love you if you were still a worm because it does sound like you're very fascist. Still a worm. Or if you were that a worm. That implies that you're currently a worm. <laughs> if you were a I worm, like I would not love you. <laughs> but, but not for your wormness, but for your political ideology. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Sounds like you're a real fascist. Okay, well, that probably will do it. This was Don't fun. you think? Yeah. Don't you think? I think so. Like, subscribe, download on all your things. Leave reviews or think I'm still i don't know how to sign off still aviv thanks for joining us thank you i guess that's for joining us i guess that's how we follow do us it. on our socials we've got a tiktok we've got an instagram we've got other things we've got all the things so find us follow us leave us five star reviews on the things and then those that have negative reviews dm us let them I mean, fuck us. off <laughs> let them know if you would love them if they were still worms oh yeah let us know if you would love us if we were still worms the answer is no Fascist worms. Fascist worms. And Great join us next week it. for another episode. Oh, you mean Ron DeSantis. Fascist worm. <laughs> yeah, I do mean that. Absolutely. Shots fired. Assistant piss boy, Ron DeSantis. Like, shots fired. Join us next week for another episode of Criminal Giants.